All right, folks, we got a big one for you. World War Three looms as Israel attacks Iran this past weekend. We're going to get into all of it, what it means, what it means in light of Mearsheimer's warning. This is so important that you must listen to every episode. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast and make sure you're downloading and sharing it with your normie friends. Also, if you have the opportunity, go to humanevents.com slash POSO. Sign up now for the POSO Daily Brief. That will be your one-stop shop. Read what I read. Forget scrolling on social media all day. Just go to the POSO Daily Brief, humanevents.com slash POSO. Sign up. You will get free access to it. Let's get into it. Hispanic officers use force far less frequently than white male officers. Problem is, like you said, few people of color want to be police officers. So a new look to the police force is going to take a new approach to targeting, acquiring, and training cops of color. There are so many factors that contribute to the decline of people going into this particular profession, um, and all of those things cannot be really answered in. Hiring events, commercials. You consider becoming a Memphis police officer. Flyers. The city of Memphis, like police departments across the country, is pulling out all the stops to try and recruit new officers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is January 30th, 2023, Anno Domini. So we just saw this video and came out on Friday night after the show aired. City of Memphis was actually pretty, I would say was pretty tame for what we've seen lately. I think it's horrible, by the way, the way the media hyped up this video of Tyree Nichols hoping for violence. And there were conservative outlets that were hyping this up as well. Rather than go through the video, deal with the situation at hand and decide to perform a legal and social and moral analysis of the events presented to us. So what do we actually know about the situation of Tyree Nichols? What do we know about the situation of the Memphis Police Department? What you saw just there was a video from Fox 13 Memphis. What they called it was more diversity, less brutality, because the media, as always, runs with the narrative that the more diverse, which, by the way, always translates to the more people of color, the more people of color are on the police force. We're using their frame, frame on this one. We're explaining then the less brutality there will be. What is brutality? Well, they define brutality as any time a police officer has to use force. They define as police brutality. They wish that police officers could just walk up to the criminals and ask them to very nicely slip their hands into the silver bracelets and walk away quietly. Because, of course, that's what always happens to everybody in a police interaction. Everyone's always more than happy. There's never any videos of people immediately turning on police officers. There's never any videos of people attacking police officers. No, it never happens. And so I saw this video. I watched it. I said, wow, there's a lot here. 
This is crazy. I don't think that the city of Memphis should be burned down over it. In fact, I don't think that any city should be burned down over it. I'd like to examine what's going on. Because that's what we do. We do analysis here. But I also want to make a point. The city of Memphis in 2020 lowered its standards because nobody wanted to join the police force. So they lowered its standards. They did away with testing. They did away with physical testing. They also introduced waivers so that if you had a felony criminal conviction, you get a waiver. And you could become a police officer. Isn't that nice? Isn't that amazing? It's so nice. And so we see this video, this horrific video. And it's horrific because of the entire situation. You know, Chris Rock had a video back in the day. He used to say, if you get pulled over, shut up. If you're going to get arrested, just comply. And here's what I'm going to say to that. And I'm going to say it straight up. Keep your hands at 10 and 2. Yes them to death. Yes, sir. Yes, officer. Yes, officer. Yes, sergeant. If you understand chevrons. Yes, sergeant. Yes, LT. Never escalate. Always seek to de-escalate. De-escalate every situation. Because, and I know some people are going to say, oh, Poso's defending us. Oh, shut up. Just shut up. And in fact, stop watching, stop listening, because if you think that's what I'm doing, you probably aren't smart enough to actually follow this program. So what I'm saying is, if you escalate situations, they become worse. If you de-escalate situations, there's a chance they can become better. The entire world can watch my video getting detained in Davos by the World Economic Forum Police. I stood my ground. I didn't attack anyone. I didn't try to run away. But I stood my ground. And I complied with the actions of the officers. Now, did I answer every single question the way they wanted me to? Not necessarily. But understand, there's a time and a place for those types of arguments. There's a time and a place for those type of, that type of pushback, and that's called in court with your lawyer. Because you want to get home, you want to get home safe. You want to get home alive. That's why I always call for de-escalating in any of these situations. As far as the video itself, I would refer everyone to Andrew Branca, did a fantastic two hour, I watched the entire thing, two hour breakdown of the whole video. He goes through blow by blow. He goes through the statutes. He points out something interesting. Points out something very interesting. He said, there's only one officer that's kicking the man's head with a foot, like a football, which is clearly unlawful lethal force. The question is, if you're just trying to arrest somebody, you're just trying to put somebody in handcuffs and somebody else, someone you're working with comes up and starts kicking someone's head like a soccer ball and that guy later dies of a brain bleed, are you liable for murder when you didn't commit aggravated assault? Wouldn't surprise me at this point, honestly, if one of these five officers took a deal and started testifying exactly to that. Uh, because if I was that person's lawyer, or if I was in that situation, that's exactly what I would be doing. Because it really seems to me like some of those officers didn't commit murder. 
It looks like there's one officer that obviously should be the focus. But of course, that's not what our national media will do because they want to get rid of local police and institute a national police force. And that's exactly what's been going on since the Obama administration. Create a vacuum and then fill that vacuum. Also ich kann ja jetzt beispielsweise weniger reisen, weil also die Reisebegrenzungen notwendig sind, damit wir nicht das Virus von einer Region, wo hohe Prävalenz ist, in eine andere Region übertragen. Ich muss auf viele Dinge verzichten, die ich gerne machen würde, weil es schädlich wäre für die öffentliche Gesundheit. Ich glaube, dass wir bestimmte Beschränkungen akzeptieren müssen, wollen wir den Klimawandel beherrschen. Dazu wird zum Beispiel gehören, dass wir nicht also so viel reisen, wie jeder reisen könnte. Ich würde es übrigens auch noch nicht mal für ausgeschlossen halten, dass wir in der Klimakrise in eine Situation kommen, wo wir das ein oder andere tatsächlich sogar verbieten müssen. Mhm. Aber, Aber das ist doch ge genau das, was manche Kritiker jetzt befürchten, dass die Einschränkungen, die in der Corona-Pandemie benutzt werden als Blaupause für sowas, ich sage es in Anführungszeichen, wie eine Klimadiktatur. Ja, aber das sind auch Verschwörungstheorien. Wieso? Sie haben doch gerade erzählt, dass die Corona-Maßnahmen Vorbild sein sollen und müssen für die noch viel größere Klimakatastrophe. The German Minister of Health, Klaus Lauterbach. Ladies and gentlemen, I regret to inform you that the Germans are at it yet again. Klaus, excuse me, Karl Lauterbach, a student of Klaus, student of Klaus, shall we say. So I love, by the way, the response from the reporter here. Now, this is a clip from February 2021, where, see, you got to go back a little bit on some of these things, because this is before we had caught them and before they had learned to hide what they truly believe. He tries to fact check them in real time. He tries to fact check the reporter because he says, and that's why we played the clip right. I know it was long. I know it was in German. But as an explanation, here's what he's saying. He's saying, I think that we should use the restrictions that were placed on us, particularly the restriction of travel, as a model for climate crisis restrictions in the future. And the reporter says to him, well, don't you think that's a worry for people who think that these restrictions are going to continue and you're going to use COVID as a model for climate change lockdowns? And the Herr Minister responds, that is a conspiracy theory. And he goes, but you just said it. You just said it, Herr Minister. You just said it. So this is something that I got fact-checked on. It's like on Facebook and all of those like third party, independent third party, World Economic Forum, fact checkers. When it's like, okay, but you, you're saying it. You're, you are a government official that is stating that you want to use the COVID lockdowns and apply that to what you consider to be a bigger crisis, the crisis of climate change. And he says, oh, no, that is a conspiracy theory. So you see what it is? This is pre-programmed language. This is an ability for them to already have it in their minds. They already know exactly what the response is. How does he know to say that? How does he know to say that right off the bat? No, that's a conspiracy theory. That's a conspiracy theory. Those people are conspiracy theorists. 
It's a programmed response. It's almost Pavlovian at this point because he knows exactly what words to say. And why does he use this? Why does he use this phrase specifically? Why did they use that phrase when I brought it up on social media? The last time we talked about this? Because they're trying to shut down speech. They know that if they label something as a conspiracy theory, then their acolytes and their disciples will go throughout the internet, will go throughout Facebook and YouTube and Google, and they'll shut that down. They'll shut down any discussion of it. They'll shut down any instance of it, any suggestion of it as a conspiracy theory. And they'll put up a fact check and they'll make you read the fact check before you ever get to see the content himself, the content of him stating it in his own words. And I have to give credit to the reporter. I really do. Because he calls him out on this. He says, why are you saying that? You, you just said this. It's, it's obviously a logical inference to take your words as the sitting minister of health of Germany, one of the leading countries of the EU, one of the most powerful countries in Europe, one of the most powerful countries in the world. And you're going to turn around and say it's a conspiracy theory for me to repeat your own words to you? No. Who fact checks the fact checkers? Poso. That's who. Because we are fact checking them in real time. That's why they come at us so hard and fast. That's why they come at you. That's why they try to shut you down so much. They don't want us repeating their words. They don't want us catching them. See, the way you have to understand a fact check is that when they throw down a fact check on something nine times out of 10, what they're doing is they're noticing that you've caught someone. Like, I'll give you an example. That clip of President Biden, when he was vice president, talking at the Council of Foreign Relations, and he says that he got the prosecutor general of Ukraine fired and used a $1 billion IMF loan as leverage to get the prosecutor fired. And then when you suggest that that prosecutor was looking into Burisma, they'll put up a fact check, and I can even do the fact check. The fact check says he wasn't in looking into Burisma, he was looking into Mikola Zlachevsky. Okay, oh, I see, so yeah, so fact check. But then if you do one little more inch, one, one degree more of research on your own, what would you discover? Mikola Zlachevsky is the owner of Burisma. He's the one who controls Burisma. And so, yes, it's directionally accurate to say that he was investigating the owner of Burisma because that's exactly what he was doing. But they'll use that little piece or they'll twist the argument. It's called strawmanning. They'll strawman the argument to a point where he's saying, no, 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 I said it should be a role model. I didn't say it would be a blueprint. See, I used, they'll play semantic games with you, word games, whatever it is. They're trying to trip you up. They new speak, double think. Under, you, you must understand the concept of double think if you're ever going to make it through this, if you're ever going to make it through this simulated reality. Do we live in a simulation? Yes. We live in a simulation in the sense that our leaders are constantly lying to you about what true reality is. The world is real. You're real. I'm real. Their simulation is what's fake. And it's been that way for a long time, probably since about 2017. What they do is they lie to you with their own two eyes. They say, that's a beautiful figure skater in Finland, a beautiful female figure skater. And don't you say a word otherwise. That's a woman. And if you don't believe it, you're a fascist and you're a bigot and you are a threat to democracy.
If you ask any of those questions, you get called a conspiracy theorist, you get called a bigot, you get called every name under the sun, and you get shut down. And why? For the simple crime of noticing. In the context of this attack and escalating violence, it's important that the government and people of Israel know America's commitment to their security remains ironclad. That commitment is backed up by nearly 75 years of United States support. Uh, America's commitment has never wavered. It never will. And today, the Prime Minister and I discussed ways that we can continue to strengthen our partnership and our shared security interests. We agree that Iran must never be allowed to acquire a nuclear weapon. And we discussed deepening cooperation to confront and counter Iran's destabilizing activities uh, in the region and beyond. Uh, just as Iran has long supported terrorists that attack Israelis and others, uh, the regime is now providing drones that Russia is using to kill innocent Ukrainian civilians. In turn, Russia is providing sophisticated weaponries to Iran. It's, it's a two-way street. So we saw this past weekend bomb strikes that went off inside the territory of Iran, uh, particularly at Isfahan and at military compounds in the country. Those attacks were later uh, attributed by U.S. officials to Israel. We're told they were Israeli drone strikes flying out of Israel, uh, making it through Iran's radar and air defense network and able to strike to commit those strikes. Now, Iran, of course, notably is downplaying the whole thing, saying it's not that big of a deal. They barely took out anything. It was a couple ammo depots. This isn't going to stop our our production line or any of our any of our military capability. And so the question here for us is, is this an example? And I've seen a lot of people speculating about this. Is this an example of the Ukraine war spilling out into the Middle East? Or is this just another isolated escalation? Well, nothing's ever isolated, not in this world anymore, not in the world that the globalists have set up for us. So we have to connect the dots because they were connected long before we ever started any of this. Remember, globalism as a system, and I went through this in the China files, sort of the, I guess you could say the subplot, the B plot of the China files was an explanation of how globalism came to be through the CCP on the backs of the Chinese Communist uh, Party's slaves, the slave workers within China, but then also that it took place throughout the 1990s, particularly after Tiananmen Square. Now, that was that was a thesis that I've not seen anybody even try to push back on because they all know it's right. So here's the deal. Iran has been supplying kamikaze drones to Russia. Turkey was supplying drones to Ukraine, the Bayraktar 2s, but that's kind of been shut down. These new, um, these new Geren drones, um, but it's been, have been, have been sort of, uh, uh, I don't want to say playfully, but they've been referred to as Doritos because of their, of their shape, their distinctive shape. They've also been called lawnmowers because of their sound. They sound like a lawnmower and they're flying with their propellers that it, or their engines, I should say, that these drones have been shipped from Iran to Russia. So the question is, is Israel attacking Iran in order to support the Ukrainian war effort? I'm not sure if we can go that far, or I wouldn't go that far, but I will also point out that we're looking at, this, at all of this in the context of Mearsheimer's warning, that the U.S. could find itself in an escalatory cycle, escalating towards conflicts 
Mearsheimer just said two conflicts. He pointed out Ukraine-Russia would become NATO-Russia, which could become U.S.-Russia. Isn't that exactly what we're seeing right now? It's escalating. It already is a war between NATO and Russia. And Mearsheimer has warned it could directly become a war between the U.S. and Russia. Meanwhile, here at home, we're kind of on something of a, <laughs> we're, we're on a bit of a Roman path ourselves, whereby in we go from a republic to an empire. I'd say we're well down that path already, as Darren Beatty would call it, the globalist American empire. It's hard to say exactly when the switchover happened, but we can see signs of it all around us, that we are, we are switching very rapidly from a republic to an empire. Mearsheimer also warned about escalations in the South China Sea and the Taiwan Strait vis-a-vis Taiwan Island. And now we're seeing the kickoff, potentially, of another round of strikes. Israel and Syria, that goes on constantly, very frequently. But now Israel directly attacking Iran, as they do also frequently. Does Iran respond? We'll see. But you remember President Biden, Speaking of this NATO versus Russia fight, President Biden has now said that he's sending 31 Abrams tanks to Russia. Well, to fight Russia, I should say. That's not exactly what he said a year ago, because we've got tape of him from 2022 about what it would mean if we sent U.S. tanks to Ukraine to fight Russia. Take a listen. We're showing the strength and we'll never falter. But look, the idea... The idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with American pilots and American crews, just understand, and uh, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War III. Today, I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abram tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. Secretary Austin has recommended this step because it will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives. That would be World War III. Now, interestingly enough, the Washington Post, and as much as I love to catch Biden uh, doing a complete 180, which is what he, which he's done here, the Washington Post has come out and said that the Abrams tanks most likely won't even make it to Ukraine until the end of 2023, the end of 2023. Did Germany just get trolled into sending tanks to Ukraine by the Biden administration who had no intention of actually sending tanks now when they tell us it matters so much? By the way, I have a question. Are we allowed to ask what happened to all the tanks that got sent to Ukraine last year? Where did all the tanks go? I remember they were going around Europe. They were going around the U.S. They said, hey, we have these old Soviet tanks. We're going to send them totally interoperable with Ukrainian military. Armed forces of Ukraine are going to be able to use these plug and play. It's going to be great. That was a huge narrative last year. And yet we're told that Russia is losing, that Russia is about to lose. Russia is about to collapse as a country, as a currency, as an economy. Remember, they're just a gas station with nukes. I mean, who needs gas and who needs nukes, right? Just buy that anywhere. Or is the United States embarking into a situation, an escalatory conflict from which we have no idea how to get out of? I think that's true. And at the end of the day, 
the United States government is morphing more and more into the globalist American empire. And we don't need to imagine what the end state will be for Ukraine because we can see it to Ukraine South, far South in Afghanistan. They want to turn Ukraine into Ukrainistan. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.